Hello everybody, this is Amir and you are listening to International Voices at Queen's, a supportive listening space for members of the university community recorded on the occupied lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee people. Today we're talking about diversity as a strength, and we have two guests joining us today, Melody Lee and Ning Feng. Hello Melody, welcome to the podcast, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello Amir, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Melody, and I come from China. Um, my major is political science, and I also uh, minor in statistics. I really enjoy the time being a Queen's student. Thank you. And Ning, welcome to the podcast. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Ning. So I am international student from China. And I was a student at Queen's from 2013. And I graduated in 2019. Like I took years off in between. But anyway, and I studied politics and classical studies as my undergraduate degree. Mm -hmm. And then I also studied international studies certificate alongside with my uh, degree. And then I am currently, so after I finished my undergrad, I went back to China, did some internships here, and now I am currently at uh, in the UK finishing up my master's degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will, hopefully, I will be, by the time this uh, podcast goes live, uh, I will be starting my new job. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Okay. When we hear diversity, the terms equity and inclusion often come to mind. For us, when we came to Canada, it was fascinating to experience it for the first time and be around people from a wide range of traits, backgrounds, and cultures trying to live together in harmony. However, even though Canada can feel diverse sometimes, I think it's common for international students to feel like outsiders or like they need to change in order to fit in. So, Melody, tell us about your experience being an international student at Queen's. Mm, thank you, Amir. Um, I actually really enjoy the diversity in a Western university like Queen's um, because that is also one of my reasons to go abroad to uh, study. Um, one thing uh, is I learned a lot from my classmates and colleagues in clubs Uh, For example, how they think and talk really impressed me um, because they usually think in a different perspective from me. And at the beginning, I really impressed with the questions they asked professors and TAs. And as I learned the subject, I am more able to uh, discuss my ideas with them. Uh, So I think this is what diversity brings me. It brings me a challenge at first, um, but then I overcome it and I learn new skills that feels very good. But there are also difficulty. For me, there is just one difficulty, like uh, maybe I cannot find a community that I can often discuss my coursework with. Like I know in some departments, there are many students from the same country who sit together, discuss questions. But like I said, This is also a good thing 
because the diversity bring me some opportunity to learn from perspective, not from my country. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for sharing that. When you were talking about your experience, I was reflecting on my own situation because, as you said, sometimes there are some classes or departments where people sit together and share their ideas about questions and challenges within class. For example, in the Department of Engineering, especially in ECE, I have found a lot of people from Iran there. So as you said, we would be able to sit together, discuss the questions together, and so on. At first, this was very beneficial to have that community of the same group together, but I sometimes feel that I have missed the opportunity to learn from other groups and other perspectives. And how about you, Ning? What was your experience? I actually attended international school back in China. So like instead of picking, for example, University of Toronto, or University of British Columbia, I picked Queens because I knew at the time being I wanted to study politics and I wanted to get myself into an environment where it's like, mostly domestic students like obviously nothing wrong with surrounding myself with Chinese international students but I do want to improve my language so that like I pick queens mm -hmm. however uh, what I didn't realize at the time being is, is that if I surround myself with mostly domestic students then there's a serious lack of diversity mm. not only in terms of race but in terms of ideas and it has created several difficulties throughout my study but at the same time I mean now that I look back to it I have obviously grown a lot from all those experiences but yeah it was tough hmm. that does sound tough it sounds like you have both had challenges as you have pursued your academic goals what was the most challenging aspect for each of you? Melody? Well, I think at first it was language. My home language is not English. So the first thing I came here is um, to find some community. I can practice my speaking English. Like the Queen's School of English, they provide some program. But I also find some like more challenging for me like uh, take part in some clubs. The most uh, helpful thing is from that club because I need to communicate with them and, and listening to them talking and do one project together. If I can't understand them, maybe I, I will not be able to like do volunteer work with them together and I will yeah feel not good. Uh, so... I keep practicing and after one semester, I find I'm able to understand what they're talking about. And yeah, I can often, I can also share my ideas. Yeah, but another thing is also through some lectures and seminars because I'm, I'm from political science department. Um, most of the classes offer seminar or tutorials. Um, so that often that also provides me some opportunity to speak English and listen others talking. Interesting. And Ning, what was a challenging aspect for you? I guess what I am about to tell you, it literally goes both ways. Obviously, with politics, I mean, like, no, like one doesn't have to study politics to imagine politics is probably one of the 
most sensitive subject out there because we obviously grew up in very different environment. Then we will have different ideas on a lot of stuff, on ideologies, on like I was never really interested in arguing which one is better or which one is worse. But、uh, I will say, but I think a lot of Chinese culture is about tolerance. It's like we don't want to stir up any conflicts, so we will take it. Like as it is, so that you know, like it's harmony. It's all about harmony. Whereas Western culture is much more, and I mean this in a good way, so much more confrontational. Like they want to hear about your op-、uh, opinion. Like most of them are not afraid of argument.、Yeah. You just need to like they. You just need to argue it out. But at the same time, like. Being an only international student in probably I would say ninety percent of my courses, slash like the only racial minority, <laughs> slash、uh, English as my second language, it was so tough and it was so intimidating. Like it, most of the time, as there were a lot of times, I feel like my voice was suppressed because I could tell. I don't know. I mean. Like once you get out of your comfort zone, you will know that like your homeland. And I'm talking both as like、uh, as a Chinese and as an international student here in、uh, like in Canada. Like your homeland is not your only reality. Whoa! It sounds like you have faced a lot of pressure to assimilate during your time as an international student. How have you negotiated the balance between your heritage culture with expectations and assumptions in Canada? I mean, at first I thought like I knew because I did. I one of the and quote unquote like advantage I have compared to a lot of Chinese international students is that I I did study in an international school for a long time. So in a way, like I knew how to assimilate into Canadian culture quicker than like a lot of people. But then I realized that. Being unique will be your like strongest asset. Like there will be people who disagree with you, like who will look down to you. Because I think everyone tend to just stay in your comfort zone, you know, like and not to think outside of the box. But as long as you know what you are doing, like what you are feeling, what you are demanding is right. It will. It's right, and it's worth it. So I guess long story short is. I am I am someone who has been I think you、uh, has been very vocal about my heritage, but it doesn't mean that I think China is perfect. I have never said this under any circumstances. Do I think China is perfect? But at the same time, I am not afraid to stand up against any racism or microaggression when I think people are just being like biased for absolutely no reason. Yeah. yeah. So. You mentioned racism and microaggressions.、Uh, are these something you have experienced during your time in Canada? Yeah, so many times. I mean, if people,、uh, someone listen to this, and they will know that it's okay to stand up. So I will tell you a story. So my last year at Queens, so one of the course politics course I took、uh, was basically on China-U.S. relationship. So one week, the prof was like, "Oh, I, I'm going to be out of town for for a conference. So I will invite a Canadian senator from Ottawa
to like just be a guest speaker basically and then obviously it was a great opportunity like right so yeah. like you get to learn from someone who is actually from the government and uh, he came and he introduced himself and okay. then he was like unfortunately always remembers this and I he said this in front of the whole class he was like two of the biggest threat Canada is facing right now one is China the other is Mexico oh, and no. I was like oh I was like I've heard so many times about this kind of like Eurocentric sentiments but I was like okay and then he proceeded by saying again I will unfortunately always remember this he was like I'll be honest with you guys. I hate China. I hate Chinese people. I think that entire country is evil and us Canadians are being too soft on China. As I said, like I am someone who was, who has always been very vocal about my heritage. And I knew like all of the students in that class knew that I'm like Chinese. I said here just should I call him out or should I not? Because he was clearly someone who would not understand. He is so bias to say the least and he proceeded by saying i'm not going to repeat it like all of them but he proceeded by saying imagine the most racist thing you can say to a chinese people and he, he said it out loud for like 10 minutes in oh. front of the whole class and that was also when i realized uh that class has only like two person of color but I, like at the end i decided to like speak up so after he finished his long rant about how evil China was. So I wrote, raised my hand. I was like, oh, hi, sir. Like, I'm mean, like, I'm actually a Chinese international student. <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell, you could tell, like, he panicked. He straight up panicked. He went from, like, very aggressively to, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> And I was like, sir, I want, I understand some of like your idea because I want, I know that even though I want to yell at him, but I know it's not going to do any good if I like lose my calm basically. So I told, told him, I was like, sir, I understand where some of your ideas come from, but overall, I think your ideas on China is very outdated, stereotyped. It's just biased, but it's your opinion. I disagree with you, but I will respect you for it. I have two questions for you. One, what kind of China will live up to Canada's expectation? Uh, second, uh, because he is a senator from the Conservative Party. And he, uh, I was like, uh, uh, at the time being, the national election was coming up. Mm -hmm. I was like, if the Conservative government is going to get elected this time, what will happen to China's and Canada relations? Mm -hmm. Those are valid question right yeah. and he didn't answer any of my questions and told me again in front of the whole class like he raised his voice he was like we will only talk about this when china has western democracy and i was like <laughs> inside of me i was like did, which part of my question did i say that china doesn't need western democracy so i I proceeded by telling him, I was like, sir, China is a big country. Major changes, it's not going to happen overnight. Like there are a lot of factors we have to consider. Basically, I ended by telling him, I think there are a lot of times it is the West who are trying to push their ideals onto China and it's just not fair. Mm -hmm. And one of my TA jumped in at that point. He is actually uh, like, you know how we have the RMC? It's actually a German like Air Force fighter pilot who was uh, deployed 
in Canada as the time being. So he was he was mad. He, he yeah he was like he asked the senator. He was like, sir, China has a lot of problems, but so does every single country in the world. China has like developed a lot since 1948. Don't you think we should give China some credit for it? Why do you think Canada can judge China like this? In which the senator literally just answered, "We just do." <laughs> wow, I can only imagine that you felt a flood of emotions during that time. How did the experience affect you afterwards? I mean, I, it took me a while to process everything. Hmm. Like at first, I knew I told myself because I think I did very well. I don't think many people would be able to articulate themselves this well when they were basically put onto the spot. Let alone like I'm doing this in my second language. But yeah. on the other hand, like. It took me a while to keep reminding myself. I was like, "You can't think all the Canada are like this." Yeah, you cannot generalize like that. But that's hard, though. I mean, when things like this happen, it can feel like, "Is this what most people from this place think or feel?" Uh, what you did that day was very brave, and thank you for sharing that story. We need more people like you to stand up against this kind of behavior. And I think this seems like a very good place to highlight one of the resources at Queens that can support people who experience prejudice on campus. Hi, my name is Jermaine Marshall, and I work with the Human Rights Advisory Services Office. Being an international student can be both a wonderfully exciting and somewhat daunting experience. As a former international student from Jamaica, I know how useful it is to have strong supports and resources around equity, diversity, and inclusion. Here at the Human Rights Advisory Services, we offer support and advice on issues relating to discrimination and harassment. If you feel as though you've been mistreated due to your race, gender, sexual identity, disability, ethnicity, place of origin, or any other protected ground under the Canadian Human Rights Code, you are welcome to consult with us, and we will do our best to support you. Find out more about our office or get in touch with us by visiting our website at www.queensu.ca/humanrights or by emailing us at hrights@queensu.ca. As today's episode comes to an end, I am curious if you have any reflections on the pressure you or other international students may feel to assimilate. How do you maintain who you are, your culture, or your identity? while at the same time being open to the experiences and expectations you encounter in a new place. Melody? Yeah, before I came here, I knew that like empathy can help us understand other people. Uh, so I don't feel pressure about assimilation because I believe a new experience will change me to some extent, both physically and mentally. Um, and my friends and classmates are very welcoming. They are interested in different cultures. Yeah, for both sides, they need to learn how to avoid conflict and respect to each other. Like uh, from one workshop provided by Quick, I learned a very uh, helpful thing that is describe analysis and evaluate. Uh, so when facing differences, 
uh, we can first uh, try to describe the difference in our in our mind and analyze how like why they are different. Uh, maybe there is not nothing good or bad. That's just uh, subjective. And finally, evaluate, which means like find a balance between their home culture and Canadian culture. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And yes, intercultural awareness certificate is a certificate offered by the Queen's University International Center. As you said, that's a great resource for any student on campus trying to increase their cultural competence. We highlighted this resource in our first episode this season about culture shock. Ning, how about you? How do you maintain your heritage and identity when you are studying or working in a new country? I will say, like, I do think once you, like, regardless Canada or not, once you move to a country that is significantly different than, like, your home culture per se, assimilation to some extent is definitely okay. And I think it's necessary because you shouldn't go to a new country thinking, oh, my God, like, they all should embrace my Chinese culture or my Iranian <laughs> culture. No, yeah. like, every country has their unique culture, unique way of doing things. For example, how they interact with people and I think like that definitely should be respected at the same time like don't assimilate too much to the extent that uh, how do I say like do what makes you happy like if you think that like being a like being a 100% Canadian makes you very happy then do it even though like that is obviously up to debate but I think we all know that I, in, in my opinion, at least, like being 100% Canadians means you have to give up a lot of your Eastern roots. But if that makes you happy, then do it. But like, but I think, but me personally, I will respect different cultures, definitely, regardless where I go to. But I will always hold my Chinese roots, Chinese heritage co- close to my heart, because I think one need to respect your own heritage so that other people can respect you. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that really does. I mean, I really appreciate your advice. Even after living in a new country for a while, it's really hard to find this balance. But as you said, I think it's very important to continually check in with yourself and do what it feels right. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I guess this is just like in general, I know like international students, like regardless Chinese, like there obviously there are so many international students at Queens now coming from different countries. I think in the first two, three, even one, two years, you will feel a lot of pressure, like schoolwork, assimilation, and you just feel, you may feel like you never belong. But I like, I mean, hearing about my story hopefully will help them to know, like those were tough times, but those were tough and I made it through. And not only did it make me a stronger person, but now that I look back to it, those are like, believe it or not, those are all in a way great memories because it made me who I am today. Yeah, very well said. Thank you very much, Ning, and thank you very much, Melody, for sharing some of your interesting stories with us today. I really appreciate it, and it was a great pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have listened to the International Voices at Queen's, a podcast produced by the Queen's University International Center and Student Academic Success Services. I would like to thank Sadaf Amini for creating the music for this episode, 
please support her work on her website sadafamini.ca and other social media apps. I would also like to thank CFRC and Sylvia for the support. On behalf of the producers, Lydia, Alyssa, and myself, thank you all for listening to this episode. Please tune in to the coming episodes and engage with us on social media with comments and questions. Goodbye and take care.